Hello, welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast. I'm your host, Martin Cudahy. Today, we're bringing you a podcast from AgriFutures Grow Ag. Australia's passion for quality food and beverages is our worst kept secret, as the industry is now the largest national manufacturing industry, worth more than $132 billion, accounting for 32% of total manufacturing turnover and employing more than 270,000 people. However, the effects of COVID-19, rising climate volatility and geopolitical tensions have highlighted the need for more resilient and innovative food systems. In this episode, we're looking at an exciting opportunity led by FABA, or Australia's Food and Beverage Accelerator. They've launched a $20 million second investment round, seeking partners and projects with strong innovation potential to take Australia's food and beverage manufacturing sector forward. Dr Chris Downs is the founding director of FABA and is in conversation with our contributor, Samantha Noon. Dr Chris Downs, welcome to the AgriFutures Grow Ag podcast. Thank you. Great to be with you today. So first off, can you tell us a little bit about FABA, its purpose and how it all came about? Yeah, sure. So uh, FABA is an initiative of the Australian Federal Government. It's from the Department of Education and their Trailblazer program. The Trailblazer program aims to increase the commercialization of university research with industry. And FABA is one of six Trailblazer investments that the Department of Education is making, but we're the only one in the food and beverage sector across Australia. Um, our aim in working in FABA and with industry is that we want to be future focused. So we want to solve industry's future challenges today. We want to be fast, so we want to do science at startup speed with industry, and we like to consider ourselves as being formidable. So we want to be globally recognised researchers who are working with industry and are leveraging federal government investment to make that happen. In terms of the opportunity for impact, the food and beverage sector is, you know, one of the largest manufacturing industries in Australia. You know, when you think about the size of it, can can you? tap into some of the challenges for listeners. What are the key challenges facing the sector that you're focusing on to, to build it up, to continue to build it? Yeah, look, there's a key opportunity for Australia to grow what I would call sovereign manufacturing or value addition onshore in Australia so that we're exporting more and more highly attractive, consumer attractive, I guess is the way to describe it, um, uh, value-added foods from Australia. We've got a wonderful raw material base across all of our sectors, agricultural sectors, but how do we develop and deliver healthy, uh, sustainable, trusted foods to global consumers? We've, we've, over the last few years, COVID has really taught us and challenged us in many ways. There are global challenges as, around, uh, as well around climate change, we can see the geopolitical events that are influencing the food system at the moment. In many ways, our food system is under challenge. And so an investment in FABA and through FABA is a way to actually support Australia's food and beverage manufacturing, engage more with international consumers and deal with some of these big challenges that the food system is, is, is facing. And so how do these challenges inform your investment priorities? And, you know, can you give us a taste of what those are and um, if there's particular categories that you don't invest in? 
Well, we, we, we have a very strong focus on consumer and market drivers to make sure that we're delivering what consumers and market and food, food companies need. So we want to invest, uh, in projects, great innovation projects with industry from across Australia that are delivering against those drivers around healthy products, sustainably produced products, products that are focused on value addition uh, for consumers both in Australian and export markets. Um, we want to invest in new food and beverage products that, that convey those benefits to consumers and into the marketplace, new ingredients for businesses to develop and use as well. We also want to invest in new skills that will be both useful to industry, but also in the university sector that will indeed help industry in the future as well. We're keen to work with companies, whether they're startups, SMEs, or small to medium-sized enterprises, or larger companies. But a really clear focus for us is all about delivering benefit to Australia. And uh, in this round, whilst we're open to all of those sorts of companies, we do have a particular focus on food and beverage assemblies. And can you share a little bit more detail on like the types of new products and ingredients that feed into that more sustainable, more profitable future um, for the industry going forward? Yeah, um, so... Some of the com- and perhaps I can illustrate that with some of the companies that we've already started to work with in the in the sort of work that we're doing. So an example would be uh, we're working with the Algae Foods, and they are a company that's interested in using precision fermentation to develop and to deliver uh, dairy proteins into uh, uh, analog products, milk analog products. They're an example of somebody that's using highly innovative precision fermentation technology. Another example is we're working with V2 Foods. Now, V2 Food is a company that started up in Australia a few years ago. Uh, They've now grown considerably in uh, plant-based meat-type products. They've got a big focus on taste and texture innovation, so making sure that the consumers are, are delighted by the products that they're purchasing there as well. The company is is nourish ingredients, and we're working with them as well, right? Uh, around new types of compounds using again precision fermentation that can be used to enhance the flavour profile of new types of products. So consumer attractive, healthy, uh, taste and uh, taste and and eat well if you like, but are sustainably produced. And when you talk about these other products and these particular um, companies that you've been working with, how does Farber anticipate these types of food trends and the market and consumer needs? Like what, what support and, you know, how do you do that? So we've got a, a so um, we've got a, a group of people working with us, particularly in the area of market and consumer insights, where we look to forecast and understand what's going on, what are the global trends and how are they changing? And how can we communicate those with the people in industry that are participating with us in Farber? The health driver in the food industry is a strong and an enduring uh, driver. Consumers want foods that are healthy. One of the other uh, drivers that's growing considerably is around sustainability. So what's the environmental impacts of the foods that are being produced? And I've seen recently at an international conference and trade shows and expos that I've been at 
the sustainability drivers coming through is something that's very important to consumers as well. Is it good for people? And is it good for the planet? Is a big driver that's coming through. So our team in Farber has the ability to survey international food trends and drivers and to be able to convey that information back into Australia and in particular the Farber participating companies as well. That would be very interesting. So the, the second investment round that you've just touched on prior and mentioned a few of the types of companies and startups that you know can apply, can you tell us a little bit more for those listening on what's involved and you know what are the outcomes that you're hoping to achieve? We're opening that uh, uh, with an open webinar to all people that want to attend, and that's our formal way in which we're launching the second father investment round. And in that father Com- uh, interested companies, those that are interested to work with Farber, can then go to our website. Uh, an expression of interest form will be available at that time, and they can um, fill that out. As I say, it's on our website, farber.au, and they can contact one of our key team members who will then work with them and talk, provide any guidance around their expression of interest. Then we go into an evaluation of all expressions of interest, and we'll do that by the end of September. Um, and then successful companies will be notified and they'll be invited to submit a more detailed investment application. Now, FABA um, has a strong focus on industry leadership and performance basis for the investments that we're making. And so we'll have key members from our investment committee working with us then to look at the investment applications and to make decisions on those projects with those companies that we want to invest in. All going well, new investments, new projects will be contracted towards the end of uh, 2023 and projects can start uh, immediately at that time as well. So uh, a clear process, expression of interest, investment applications, contracting and start uh, during the latter months of 2023. And what can successful applicants expect to get out of the Farber investment round and the outcomes you're hoping to achieve? Yeah, so it's key that we're working with companies that have strong innovation potential. They've got a willingness to co-invest themselves alongside Farber in projects that they couldn't normally do themselves. Um, And something that's a bit of a step change so that it will enable their investment and our investment and enable that company to do something that they wouldn't normally be able to do. Uh, We've got clear expectations that our investments must deliver value to those companies. Uh, We want to see the companies be able to open up new opportunities with new food and beverage products on the market, new ingredients in the market, and a whole range of other benefits that we can then um, have the companies enjoy. So it's not just about co-investing in a project with Farber. It's actually enabling them to uh, get access as participants in Farber to the market and consumer insights that I talked about before. We can support them with go-to-market strategies. We can discuss with them different business models that might be aligned with their investment opportunities. And really importantly, um, we want to be able to invest in new skills development, new training opportunities with industry and for industry. We can do that by having companies engage in the Farber Training Centre, have companies working with university researchers in university labs on projects around new formulations or, or new product development opportunities. 
or we can actually place or second researchers and students even into industry and have them working in industry alongside industry innovation leads and do projects within the industry setting. So it's a very porous, if you like, relationship between FABA, university participants, researchers and industry. So a lot to offer there. Yes, it's not just about a project and a project investment. So when we drill down into the funding, can you explain the difference between FABA and other funding investment models and systems? You know, who, who is involved in the funding and, and where has that come from? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So uh, originally the investment that FABA has to, to invest here comes from the Federal Department of Education. So they're providing substantial investment that then FABA can mobilise and co-invest alongside industry co-investment into projects. In addition to that, the participating universities are making substantial investments in developing new capabilities in areas like I talked about in terms of marketing and consumer insights, go-to-market strategies, business models, and training as well. So it's investment that's coming, if you like, from government, from universities themselves, and from industry, and bringing that all together in a very, very strong and compelling proposition. Um, it's not just a grant where we hand it to industry and they can do what they will with it. It's a very close and collaborative approach in terms of value and in terms of benefit from the investment and, and the return expectations that we've got and, and so what are those expectations in terms of, you know, you mentioned grant, but so what are the requirements, say, for partners? Uh, a willingness to come and work closely with us, a willingness to open their uh, businesses so that researchers can come and work alongside their staff in projects and to have that industry member, uh, 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 team members coming and working closely with us, a willingness to understand that there's a win-win here about what their KPIs might be and our KPIs might be, and we're there to really listen and understand what the industry requirements are and line up great people from the university sector to work with them. The overall objectives of supporting projects, obviously to scale the industry and um, innovation but in terms of the uh, like jobs and how many new products and ingredients, can you share a little bit about your impact and the overall objectives of what you hope to achieve? You can find out more about any of our conversations on our website, evokeag.com. Make sure to join us in Brisbane for Australia's premier agri-food innovation event, Evoke Ag, presented by AgriFutures Australia on February 18 and 19, 2025. Uh, without going into the actual numbers success is measured by new food products in the marketplace, new beverage products in the marketplace, new ingredients in the marketplace, new skills that are developed both in the university sector but especially in industry, the numbers of engagements with industry, the number of companies that we're working with, uh, all of those sorts of ways 
of the ways in which our success and I hope industry success will be measured. This is about, we like to say that father's success is industry success. And hopefully new jobs too. Absolutely, yes. What types of partners does Faber invest with? Yes. So, and I, I mentioned some of them before. We are already uh, contracting some exciting investments with participating companies from our first round of investments. In the, in, and so we're contracting those investments and getting the projects underway right now. So in taste and texture innovation, we're working with V2, a startup that's now a, a, a medium-sized Australian company. As I said, in the area of de the development of new dairy ingredients using precision fermentation, we're working with all G Food, a startup uh, based in uh, Sydney in, in New South Wales. Uh, also in the development of new types of flavour compounds and ingredients, we're working with Nourish ingredients. There are startups located in, in Canberra and ACT. We're also working with Queensland University of Technology, QUT, on an important investment to provide scale-up pilot plant facilities for precision fermentation, and that's at the Mackay Pilot Plant Facility in Queensland. So you can see there's different scale of companies, startups, SMEs, and we're all, we've also signed up uh, Jalita as a participant, a large company with a substantial Australian footprint, Benefit to Australia is really important to us there. And we're also investing in infrastructure as well as projects along the lines of the QUT pilot plant, which will be an essential enabler to accelerate the success of startups that are working in the precision fermentation space. Okay. And the time horizons for projects, just to clarify the timelines, uh, we touched on it a little bit, but could you just explain that? One of the ways in which we describe ourselves is is science at startup speed. So we need to be fast working with industry. But the projects can be short term and they could be a rapid approach, a, a, a focused investment with industry in a particular need that they've got to, it could be a few months. Other uh, projects that we're currently contracting are for a two year period of time because there's multiple milestones that the industry partner is very keen to deliver on. So we're very happy to enter into, if you like, a portfolio of different milestones and, and, and activities within a larger project. That model is quite acceptable to us as well. But again, with that fast uh, delivery around what the milestone expectations are. And what does the investment process look like? And how how does Faber handle IP, which I'm sure a lot of applicants will be interested yeah, in? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. And it's a really important way in which we are differentiating ourselves from many other entities that are investing in innovation. Uh, in general terms, Faber's starting point is that the company owns all new intellectual property. Uh, and we also don't take an equity position. So we, our investment doesn't dilute in terms of the equity position around a startup company, if you like, as well. So that's very a different approach that we're taking here to make sure, again, there's speed in terms of the investment being made, the project getting underway, and the value being delivered out of it. Um, we know that in the past, IP discussions have been, in some cases, complex and protracted, and we wanted to take that away. Can you tell us a little bit about your team and their expertise and your role as well? Because everyone would be going, they're going to get access to the team and, you know, to the facilities that you have, which I think is very unique. In the six months that Faber has been uh, setting up and operating with Put together a great team with great skills and experience covering 
uh, business and marketing and data insights from a market perspective. Great leaders in the area of food science and technology and the significant experience they can bring to working with industry. Uh, really innovative approaches around ingredient development using uh, precision fermentation and other new technologies and the great science that underpins that. But also chemical engineering and thinking about process innovations as well that the food and beverage manufacturing sector might lead. And we've got great leaders from across all of our university participants that we can then mobilise to bring together the best teams um, to do the projects that an industry participant will require. So what's the what's the industry partner need and how do we mobilise the best? So. And what, what appetite do you have for international companies to be involved in FABA? Uh, we are open to considering international company engagement, but I need to go back to that fundamental requirement of clear evidence of benefit to Australia. Yeah. Clear evidence that they will help us deliver on our KPIs, job growth, skills development, food and beverage products and marketing ingredients in the marketplace as well. Now, if an international player can really satisfy those requirements, well, we're open for conversation. Okay. And your advice to those considering and applying? My advice would be come to our webinar, understand who we are, what we've got to offer. Uh, please reach out to key members of the FABA team, have a conversation. And if you think there's good fit, good alignment with what FABA is trying to do and how we can help industry accelerate their food and beverage innovations, uh, submit an expression of interest so that we can take the conversation. And when it comes to accelerating commercialization, you've, you've stressed that this is, you know, fast acting, moving quickly with science to um, have a greater impact. What do you think is most important to consider when you're looking at applications and dealing with those in the program? What's most important is that there is a very clear understanding that the industry participant knows what they want and therefore a clear understanding that we've actually got the right team members that we can mobilise to actually help them. And if not, let's sit down and discuss and refine the expectations so that there is clarity before we then make decisions to go ahead. I think too often there have been instances in the past where people's expectations and needs haven't been met, and so get clarity right up front is quite really important. And what would you say you love most about your role and the work you're doing? I love working with... Uh, talented researchers, talented innovation leaders in industry, and getting what I would call a joined-up conversation going between two groups of people that have got so much to offer each other. Thank you so much for joining us on the AgriFutures Grow Ag podcast. Thank you for the opportunity, and we look forward to an engaging way. For more information on Farber and their partnership and investment opportunities, please visit our website at growag.com. You may have heard Chris mention a webinar, and while the live version has been and gone, you can access a recording of it on our website as well. For more information on the GrowAg platform, including more success stories and current investment opportunities, please visit growag.com.